One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Jules Gill, all the video games you've been playing, Resident Evil 4 Remake, I've been playing Psychonauts 2. It's not a new game, but they're both brilliant. How are you doing? Oh, honestly, my friend, I have had the time of my life. My, It just so happened to be that some ah. time that I'd already booked off previously just happened to coincide with the getting the uh, advanced copy that Capcom mm-hmm. sent over to us for review. So I was like, well, I guess I know what I'm spending my time doing <laughs> and what a time it was. I have mm-hmm. been having an absolute blast with this game and you can go check out my full review over on the what culture gaming youtube channel where i gave it a rather glowing appraisal albeit with some small caveats there's it's the whole thing you were saying this morning looking at the general spread of reviews that like Mm. there's a lot of it is like glowing praise like it's like that and dead space are the two highest reviewed games of the year so far which Which is is weird because it feels like we're in a a time loop isn't it it's like is this 2009 (laughs) what's going on here it's like these are the best games again yeah, exactly. It's just like, but it seems like a lot of stuff has like come together for it. But yeah, our review went up at seven a.m. this morning. So uh, weird, please go check right? That thing weird out. that that came out so I've early. Never, <laughs> I, was, I guess because of the time difference. But even then, it would still it would just be like in the afternoon in Japan or something. Yeah, if it was, strange. Like, based on Capcom, I don't know. But either way, the reviews on the channel right now, so you can go check that out. The audio mm-hmm. uh, version of it should be on on this feed quite soon as well. Um, so you can hang around. Um, but yeah, we'll get through a bunch of questions. This is the entitled Partner Podcast, the UBP, the UBP, UBP, the UBP, the UBP. I'm Scott Tilford. That's Jules Gill. I am indeed. First one from Flash Trobot, who says, Hey, Legends, what's the biggest jump scare you've ever received in a game? Oh, that's a great question. I've got two um, for this. Do you know what? There's actually a few like all-timer jump scares. Yep. There's the one when you're playing through Arkham City and Man Bat um, appears That's, over the edge. That of the, is exactly what I was going to say. That's from Arkham was Knight. It? But yeah, oh, yeah, Arkham yeah. Knight. Apologies. Yeah, yeah. That is genuinely pant-wetting territory because yeah. you just mind your own business. You're not doing anything out untowards. You're just like <laughs> grappling around the city, enjoying life, being the bat, and then all mm-hmm. of a sudden, whoosh, there he is right in front of you, screaming in your face before flying <laughs> off. It's like, it's <laughs> utterly terrifying i think because it's a regular mechanic as well like you're just grappling around and then it's like mm-hmm. no other game's really done that like taking like a random traversal mechanic and going hey by the way i guess uncharted kind of does it with the with the handhold sometimes when you're just randomly it'll fall away or something but oh, there was, the there was one they... i think they did one thing in spider-man for the uh, ps4 when mm. they had it so that taskmaster shot you out of the sky when you were yes. swinging over but yes. maybe that was you going towards a specific beacon so i don't know if it counts as a random event because That's it's basically so close, you triggering though. the thing yeah yeah, totally. And then, like, yeah, my other one is literally, I think we talked about on the uh, on this before. My like all timer is one of the all timers in gaming, which is the, the original dog jump scare in Resident. Oh, Evil. from Resident Evil One. Um, yeah, just I know it's classic as hell, but I just when me, one of my friends, uh, Steve, when me and him were playing through it back in the day, 
Um, and we were just like two teenagers playing through Resident Evil. And when that jump scare happened, we both grabbed each other like cartoon <laughs> characters, like Scooby and Shaggy. row <laughs> indeed. Yeah, because it was just like the, we didn't have the light on because we were trying to make it as scary as possible. And we were wait, really wait, 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 hold on, hold on. Wait, this is what? a period before you discovered the big light and then decided that you wanted to do ambient lighting. So you had no light. You had no light, big light, ambient light. I just, I mean, you know, I was uh, I was astray. I didn't realise that that was, I mean, I, for the longest time, as you well know, I thought the way that you were supposed to play games was with the light on. I want That's, more visions. More just blows my, my tiny mind. But, um, but yeah, it was one of those things where it was we were already very much on edge and then slowly going through that that corridor as slowly as possible. And when that thing exploded, we went, oh, and grabbed yeah, each other. It's absolutely yeah. terrifying, especially when they remixed it for the Resident Evil remake uh, mm. for the GameCube. Because you go through that corridor the first time and you think to yourself, oh, I know that this sick puppy is about to jump through the window and I'm going to blat <laughs> it straight in the head. But it mm-hmm. doesn't happen. And it only jumps through when you come back through that corridor later yes. and oh man it hits you again with that sort of fear of like when is it going to happen it's the um classic case of you've written a gun in a scene and a Chekhov's gun isn't it where you put you yes. say that somebody's carrying a gun when is the gun or is it a bomb under the chair I can't remember which one it is but it's basically <laughs> like there's a gun or Chekhov's a bomb, bomb in a scene and you know that it's going to be used because it's been mm-hmm. introduced in the case the the issue is when when is it going to I remember happen? always thinking it in the Resi 2 remake where you see the zombies at the window as well I was, I'm just waiting for one of them because they pour at the window a lot when you're going through those initial mm-hmm. few corridors mm-hmm. and then they start like breaking through and stuff like later on but um, so those would be mine what's your biggest there's, jump scare there's a few actually that spring to mind that are genuinely terrifying um, mm. the moment when you're playing Hitman is it 2 Hitman 2 and you go through the uh, movie studio or sound stage and you spot mm-hmm. that there's a um, a recording sign, you know those big red things that say live recording, mm-hmm. and you look up at it with your um, sniper scope because there appears to be a uh, like a body or something next to it. It turns out that it's a mannequin, and if you stare at the mannequin for long enough or the sign, it changes from live uh, recording to live exorcism, and the um, mannequin's head slowly starts turning towards <laughs> you. And when you come out of your sniper scope, there is one behind you. Like no gen- genuinely, like one of the scariest things, because Hitman, weirdly enough, is a, a franchise that loves playing with like the bizarre horror elements. Mm. Like the uncanny is something that they routinely exploit. I mean, do you mm-hmm. remember in the most uh, uh, recent one that you had the talking hippo? Have you seen that? No, I don't even know. Like, what they're, 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 I've played it, them all, it, but no. Dude, it blows my mind how much effort they put into these things because it's like the Berlin level where you go to the club sequence um, mm-hmm. and yep. there's a idol that you can find. You take it to a chair, I believe, and then you wait there and a, and a hippo comes out of the water, right? And the right. hippo starts talking to you, but in like prophetic terms, as mm-hmm. in like saying, somebody's going to betray you. You're going to die and stuff like that. And it's like, <laughs> what is going on? And then it even suggests that this hippo is another secret agent from an alternate timeline where hippos are assassins I, it, like, it's, like, it is insane <laughs> you know like all the horror stuff that's in the trials games where it's like all the like trials fusion and stuff where it's like actually Wait, there's horror stuff the, in that as well oh my god yeah yeah like in, in i mean i'm not i know that there's a whole bunch of people who get really deep into the trials law yeah. there's like all these like background elements text files whatever and like there's a whole thing in trials about how um all of those bodies all those times that you fail a run that's yeah. just like a human experimentation factory and they're all just being fed to this big machine what and there's like they really started doing more of it in Trials Fusion because um, there's all this. I'm sure it's like the, the the narrator starts talking about it and starts talking about the experiments yeah. going wrong. It's very portal. It's very like Aperture Labs kind of thing. Oh, um, man. I, that was like, yeah, over time they sort of fleshed that out. And it was like, there's a whole thing. We just did a list on, um, I can't remember what the title was it was of it was now. But um, yeah. it's about the fact that one of the Trials creators uh, won't reveal one piece of the law until 2113, like the year oh, 2113. What? 
what was that to do with the one where it's like a piece of information is buried under the Eiffel Tower as well? There was like some yeah, sort of like crypto yeah, yeah. thing going it was on. Like they, like, is this, they is this like real or is this them just like joking around? No, so far it's been real. Like there's been, there's a bunch of different like things that people could find around the world. And when people actually went to those coordinates, they were real and they did find like, well, like, like dead drop style and, stuff. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, and like stuff inside. And yeah, like a, like a, um, like a adventure game kind of thing, like in real life. And so one of the last pieces is like, yeah, this Paris thing. Um, but it doesn't unlock until 2113 or something. So it's like you'll have to tell your kids that's, about it because none of us will even insane. be here then. Because but, like, um, I was yeah. actually speaking to my missus about this the other day and she depressingly pointed out that I think it was like two generations, right? That's what most people have when it comes to being remembered. Like if you, okay. if you don't have kids and even if you do, that's two generations and then you'll be forgotten about basically like people won't remember you in the way <laughs> a, that you were i know it's really bleak i know it's super bleak, no, it's, it's but, true. I mean, yeah. but you would have to actively tell your kids to keep that uh information handy and they would have to pass that on to their kids and so on and so forth mm. until you reach that and you'd have to sell it with enough conviction to mm. make it like a family legacy which is utterly insane. I was say, I, one of my friends, uh, well, yeah, I was going to say friends, someone I knew decades ago had a family crest made and they had, right. like, they had it like tattooed on their arm because it was like, they were like determined As in like they just not. generated a brand new one? I think so. It was just something where right, I was okay. like, what's that weird shield on your arm? And it was like this weird like family crest thing and then he was like, oh, that's like from decades ago, from like eons ago. Yeah. And I was like, what, what weird gallant thing did your family of knights do that you have this like crest on your arm? But like, yeah, maybe there's a way to like to generate that in general so you can always remember where you came I, from. I think that we should just start up our own cult style thing that from this. <laughs> we should just start, you and I should just get matching tattoos, right? And it's like any of our relatives, any of our kids, we'll get them to have the matching tattoos. We'll just mm-hmm. carry it on down. We'll never explain why you just say it's your birthright you've got to get this done it should just be like an egg with a like a spiky flat top style thing and it'll be the combination of me and you (laughs) it'll just be um the it'll just be the face that's on the ubp mug it'll just be one of them just just looking at each other forever like aliens looking at like the um the preserved corpses of some of our like long distant relatives and it's just kind of like what is this glorp like why have they got this tiny little man's (laughs) face on them and was were they gods it's like there seems to be another matching one over here people used to have spiky hair back then all this about. <laughs> um, but going all the way back uh, to jump scares, do you remember yes. the video game Condemned? Oh God, yeah, I love Condemned. When the, you get to that bit where you're taking photos of the evidence site and the guy in the locker, he's not dead. Yes, yes. That bit there, really you can, terrifying. You're kind of like you've got to zoom them. right in, haven't you? Yes. And then all of a sudden he just turns to you and you're like... <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what I'll shout out as well. Um, I forget the name of the, the enemy type, but it's those dudes with like the the, the big like bassoon heads in Bioshock Infinite. Oh, and, the, um, the boys of silence. Yes. And then you, you're using that computer in that level after you've snuck past them all. You're in mm-hmm. a different room. And mm-hmm. when you turn around, there's one right there in front of you and it screams in your face or it pops right in your face. I tell you like what, though, I love the design of those, and I mm. do feel that they were completely underutilized in that game because you you look at them when uh, their character models, the way that that instrument is like forced onto their head and almost like welded to their skin, mm. it looks so incredibly uncomfortable. Plus the fact that the the clothes that they're wearing are like way too small for them and they've like ripped and tattered so it implies that they've like never been changed they've never been given any sort of like new mm. costumes they've been forced to live like that for years at this mm-hmm. point and it's just like oh this is a bit bleak isn't it <laughs> yeah because i guess it's like they're, it's, they're not screaming they're just in agony they're probably just saying like help me or something rather yeah, than something like, to yeah. attack uh, you. like they just man. want some some aid and um, we did speaking of the mugs we did have someone say that me and you should do rock paper scissors because they needed to decide between the red and blue mugs okay, um, and i sure. apologize i didn't i 
I remember that question. I mustn't have copied it across because I don't have the name handy right now. But I remember that being something an imperative thing that needs to be decided. Okay, well, I'll tell you what we'll do then, then, because I know that this is a an uh, audio podcast and not yes. a video one. So this is going to be absolute primo mm. gold content for those listening at home. But Scott and I will play rock paper scissors for you now. Yes. Is it best of three, or are we just doing a one off? We'll let's do best of three, but we'll do them like one after the other. Okay, so we're going to go one, two, three, go. Right. Uh, you, you're going to land on four. Yes, you this, land this on divides, four. This divides the world when it no, comes no, to No, you got to go because if anyone who does like one, two, three and is there mm. on three ready to go, uh, get out, get out because you haven't counted two and three. Saying that, um, the, yeah, they would go on like on, on three because it was, and I was like, no, no, or they would go on one. There'd be three, two, and the one would be what you would go on. Uh, and I was like, no, nah, no, no. Nah. I was like, no rocket has ever launched on one. It's always, it's the next, it's the fourth yeah. one. Yeah, exactly. Like, four is zero. Like, I'm pretty sure that if NASA decided to try and launch it without like that extra second there probably could be billions of issues that are going on with that but yes yeah, so we'll go back. three two one go yeah yes okay, okay. So, right, so i mean I'll, I'll edit this together so it's nice and snappy but oh no no, no. They, they want all of this content this is what they pay for they are tuning in they are listening with bated breath now they're just... <laughs> really do they pay with their time at this okay so if you count out and then you do the numbers and we'll we'll, we'll okay. match up people, okay. people can play along at home okay let's go let's go three two one go Oh, I thought you meant like. <laughs> oh, I did the thing, guys. He went on one. <laughs> went on one. You weren't moving. Your, you weren't moving your hand, so I thought you oh, were like okay, counting right, okay, down to start. Okay, right, okay, right. Here we okay, go. Okay, okay, okay. Three, two, one, go. All ah, paper beats rock. So Scott's already one ahead. Paper rock. Three, right. two, one, go. Yay! Oh, stone beats that. I've lost. So that means that uh, you get to decide the color. Yeah, I do. I will take um, the turquoisey blue one. I think that's a very nice, nice. color indeed. And it matches nice. the original What Culture Gaming logo. Um, so it's it's vintage. Um, but, you know, if you like red, you've got to go red. But I, I, like, I like the turquoise No, the, the sort of like uh, turquoisey one is a very nice color. Yes, yes, go for that. They're all very well made as well. Not to toot our own horn, but I think they I'm not going to ask. I'm glad that you won both rows uh, back to back then, because otherwise that could have been an excruciatingly long segment there. <laughs> if we'd gone back and forth again and again... Do you know how many questions we've successfully answered here? One. We've oh, fantastic. We're on track. We're on track. One cool. whole question. Nice. So the second question from Lord Koalak, Lord Koalakanth, Ooh, who nice, says, nice. what do you want next? A Dead Space 4 that picks, picks up with the Necromorphs on Earth, a faithful Dead Space 2 remake, or a part two remake that pushes a rebooted canon in the new direction? Oh, I want a rebooted uh, second installment, I think, because the Ooh. Dead Space that we've just received then with all of the tweaks and twists that it's applied to the narrative, mm. I'm very much here for a reinvigorated um, Dead Space franchise. Mm. I think that if we jumped forward now to Dead Space 4, we would kind of be... I feel like it would be too janky. Um, mm-hmm. Dead Space 2 is an icon of video game horror. It deserves uh, the same remake treatment that the original just received mm-hmm. recently. And I really want them to readdress 3. I want them to yes, go around totally. the sun, come back to it and say, look, the co-op element here can work. We mm-hmm. just need to really understand that this... I think the problem was is they looked at Resident Evil mm-hmm. and they said, oh, Resident Evil 5 introduced co-op. But what did Resident Evil 5 lose that Resident Evil 4 also, like, it, it was that move towards action, but there wasn't enough horror. It didn't. It was just chasing was, gears. Everyone yeah. was chasing gears of war back then. And I really hated the fact that there was just like that uh, loot system that was just like, uh, mm. and microtransactions everywhere. If they could learn oh, from God, those yeah. mistakes and just take them out, we probably would have a fairly decent story waiting to be told there. I gen- like, because I played through the, I've played through the trilogy now. Like I played through two and three, weirdly in prep for one, but I knew that the remake was coming. So I didn't mm. want to do one and then one again. So um, having gone through three very recently, I do love all the stuff with like the flotilla section or whatever you call it, where you're just going between all the different debris, all the different yeah, wreckage. Yeah, that is really and fun. Just, 
loads of little side missions, loads of bits of lore. It's genuinely quite scary. The combat's brilliant when you do have to engage with enemies. So, like, I would flesh that out. I know that's apparently what they did want to do for their original plan for Dead Space 4, was, like, a more open-ended thing. And then for the co-op stuff, I'm not sure if it was you that told me this on a UVP, but um, apparently in the co-op stuff for Dead Space 3, originally it would be that each player would see different things. So that, you were, like, you were, yes, you were, like, playing online, and then, you know, you're talking on voice chat. So I'm, I'm shooting at something, and I'm like, oh, my God, help me. And you're just saying, like, I can't even, there's nothing there. And it's yeah. a great way of conveying like you're losing you're losing your mind to the uh, the marker or whatever especially if so. they made that mechanic so that say you started shooting at a necromorph that was like coming towards you but mm. i couldn't see it if you had it so that the other player when they move into your field of vision and move through that xenomorph a uh, xenomorph mm. uh, the necromorph that it disappears like mm. it kills the enemy by using your teammate to provide you with an anchor to reality That's that would cool. make for a very fun mechanic because it would mean that you have to use positioning a lot better it wouldn't yeah. be a case that you just be like look i'm being hunted down by a necromorph that won't die you now have to run in front of me, shoot over my shoulder at the other mm. ones that are actually here. Like that'd it's be a, a cool, it, like, um, like a good, like one-off boss fight thing of like if someone mm. was really starting to lose it and you, like, like you said, you bring them back or whatever. Yeah, um, yeah. I think for like overall, Dead Space had so many cool ideas that, like, for me, when I went through two and three in a row, um, the lore stuff is just so terrible, and like the the very end of three yeah. is just such a mess. Like it was very like the Callisto Protocol. I thought Callisto's writing was terrible, and like then I was going back through two and three. I was like, oh, this is the same. There's just the idea of yeah, humans are the real evil. It's like this is just so lame. Yeah, I don't understand why they decided to mess with it. It's a very simple mm. formula. You have an alien artifact. It is corrupting humanity. Just let that be the primary yeah. evil. And I don't no, we even understand. Made it. I, yeah, I don't understand why they needed to have a maker for these markers. Sometimes yeah. I feel that it's the idea of not knowing. If you ended a video game uh, much as some great horror films have done with what the hell happened we don't know that yes. terrifying weight of ambiguity is what sits with audiences if you give totally. them a concrete answer it was aliens it was this it was mm. that you just go uh, yeah i guess so it's what we'll ruined say, the I mean, um, alien franchise overall explaining mm -hmm. through prometheus like all of like how things happened it only raises more questions of why they chose to do it the way that they did whereas yeah. if they just left it open-ended of like there are aliens out there therefore there are probably other races out there that are also malevolent and weird then mm -hmm. fine we have an answer in the fact that there is no answer yeah and plus like, like by far one of my favorite films is the thing like the 1982 mm, thing oh, the John what, Carpenter what, thing. what a film a perfect film and you don't know anything about that yeah. and it's, it's, it's so effective and timeless because of that so yeah I think overall for Dead Space there's a lot of ground they could make up it was so massively addled by trying to chase Gears mm -hmm. of War and just bending the entire IP around like the competition so um, yeah I think they have like a good cause to go forward and do Dead Space 2 properly because the remake sold really really well yeah. um, question from Jenko who says after Capcom have finished oh, with these, <laughs> all these Resident Evil remakes how slim are our chances of finally getting a Dino Crisis remake See, I said to him uh, in response to that on the tweet, please, please, please make this happen <laughs> because I feel like Dino Crisis is now more than ever perfectly suited to encapsulate what uh, Capcom is basically circling around. We've got yes. that Exoprimal game that's just come out, which everyone thought was going to be Dino Crisis, but then it's turning into it's the... It's got a this... redhead female protagonist in it. Like, that's yeah, not, I know, right? It's, it's almost so like a direct... It's such a direct reference to it, but at the same time, couldn't be any more different when it comes to no. gameplay because it seems from what we've been shown of this 
this video, uh, this mm. game, that it's going to be like you're stuck on a death combat planet where you're it's constantly like killing dinosaurs. Survival like, thing. Yeah. Like, it doesn't match or gel at all, but I feel like if they can get dinosaur actions, animations, and behavior patterns down, then applying that to the um, uh, the RE2 engine that they've got. Totally. What, is it, what is it called? The, uh, they've got, it's the RE engine. It's just called the it? RE engine, yeah. The yeah. engine. Like, yeah, so I feel like they would be able to make a brilliant horror game that is basically just swapping zombies for dinosaurs. Literally, like, if you take else. Resident Evil 2 as a template, like that mm-hmm. game is perfect, like in terms of the horror, the enemy, the, yeah. en- the engagement. And yeah, just put a freaking T-Rex in that top corridor. Like yeah. just, just, I don't know how hard that is. But, it's um, quite funny if you've always... seen the, the mods for it. Because um, uh, no? obviously there's tons of mods for Resident Evil 2. I'm pretty sure that somebody showed me a mod where it replaces all of the zombies with uh, dinosaur skins and you can change okay. the costume of your character to be the protagonist of Dino Crisis. So you oh, can Regina. play through Resident Evil 2 as if it were a Dino Crisis game if you want to. Well, I just, I keep seeing, like, obviously there's the, I know the Jurassic World movies are like in theory over now, but they all made yeah. so much money. I know the most mm-hmm. recent one was like terrible, but they still sold really well. People yeah. like dinosaurs. <laughs> like, yeah. why not do more stuff? with them and then obviously they've got exoprimal which is like the most boring thing you could possibly do like just treating them as like cannon fodder or whatever like they should be terrifying the problem is is that if exoprimal does badly and let's face Mm. it i'm not holding out too much hope i am impressed that capcom is at least trying something different because they've been Mm. on a bit of a renaissance and i do hope that they've got the midas touch and can work wonders with this game did you watch the stream the other night when they showed off all the premium currency stuff yeah that that did turn me turn me off quite quickly i feel like it's one of those things where they've made this game to recoup some of the costs sunk into the likes of resident evil 4 and 3's Mm. remake because it's a case of very expensive the online multiplayer aspects of those two games haven't done well so they kind of need to generate some revenue coming in Mm. but the problem is is that if this game fails then they're going to say dinosaur content doesn't work because that's Mm -hmm. how they're going to look at it and therefore dino crisis is probably going to be off the table for another 10 20 years i just yeah at some point like you know if you're you're remaking resident evil 4 now do they then start remaking 5 and 6 and try and like refine them a little bit i was talking to say about this actually like Mm. like it's a really interesting prospect that they're at because we know that we're going to get another mainline resident evil installment fairly soon um we have been on an absolute roll with seven village uh, and now these uh, remake series mm-hmm. that have come out i feel that they could either they, they should take a chance and they should remake a property that's a sideline game they should mm-hmm. look at maybe the hell the dead aim games they should do a code veronica right. they should do an outbreak uh thing they should make one of the other games that maybe didn't work back in the day into mm-hmm. something super successful. Code because, Veronica is like the is always referred Resident Evil Zero, maybe like yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that Code Veronica is is more <clears throat> widely acclaimed than mm. um, than Code Zero, and I sorry than uh, Resident Evil Zero, and I do think that that would make the most financial sense for for Capcom to do it because mm-hmm. it was such a huge hit when it came out. I think um, yeah, the way I almost bought. I haven't actually played through Resident Evil Zero. I saw that on sale the other day, and I was like, that's my only bit of that entire. It's fine. IP. It's a fine game. Yeah. It, it, there's some really entertaining action sequences and the graphics <clears throat> for the time were really impressive. Um, I wouldn't say that in terms of in terms of narrative, it's one of the weaker ones for me. I, okay. I didn't really engage with it as much as maybe some of the other stuff, but I did absolutely love Code Veronica's storyline because mm-hmm. that was just so utterly different at that point in time. Mm-hmm. I just, I just, I love one location horror, like the idea of like mm-hmm. doing a Resident mm-hmm. Evil. I mean, I know it's not entirely one because you get to that mansion, but like just mostly like horror on a train. It's like that's a great idea, like and cold yeah. fear on the 
the boat and stuff like that. So yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. There's always more you could do. Um, question from Jama the Gamer who says, are you concerned about the, the direction Sony is heading in? Um, they've released effectively another console in the PlayStation VR 2, hardly done any marketing for it, and have now have more TV slash movies announced than first-party titles for the rest of yeah. 2023. It's, yeah. it's an interesting one because we were talking about this the other day that until <clears throat> Sony actually packages the PSVR headset as part of a console release, then you're mm. not going to ever see it as the next step forward for gaming. It will always be in the periphery of what is gaming at this point in time. Mm. It could be really impressive, but until you actually get it into the hands of the majority of your install base, it's always just going to be an oddity. I think that for me, that it's a wider company direction that's like, it's calculated. Like, I, I get it. I understand it. Like, the idea of taking God of War goes to Tsushima Horizon and, and making them these bigger IPs that have movies mm-hmm. and TV shows attached mm-hmm. to them and making them these big, like, they almost want each one to be its own sort of MCU or something. And it's like, let's just eventually flesh all these things out. Um, I get it. I get the business reality to that. I think Jim Ryan is, like, I guess a very effective businessman very much sometimes seems out of touch with like what like the gamer would want where he's just sort of like yeah. who wants to play old games they look terrible and I'm just sort of like because we grew up on them mate that's why they're sort of beautiful to us but, and as um, this proves yeah. right now nostalgia with Resident Evil 4 just coming out is a hugely mm. successful thing to capitalise on and I yeah. think that Sony it, it's weird isn't it because for every single time that you want to say hey Sony pay respect to your roots mm-hmm. you, you run the risk of them just rehashing the same old things and getting The Last of Us remastered part two the remaster <laughs> again like yeah exactly like we we do need to move on but mm-hmm. we need to do so with respectful steps we need to actually pay like... like homage to the things that came before well they put out the um the playstation plus premier premium service like that top tier thing where it's like, oh here's an here's access to all this ps1 library that thing is abysmal i've cancelled it like and have i never actually? get rid of stuff yeah like i'd always have access trying to have access to everything but the premium tier thing it's like oh you've got siphon filter one two and three ape escape like that's very there's very little there there's no crash spyro metal gear legacy of kane like none of no, them really are in there. so it's it's not like it's an archive service it's just sort of like here's five or six roms that we could be bothered to put on here like yeah, and it's that's really pointless because done. especially when you've got the current day and age where you can just download all of these emulators like you can just get that's all of these games for Steam free Deck now yeah, exactly. You just you can just have them. Like I I, I don't know why. Like if you're going to celebrate your past, make give us a reason to actually give you money for them. Make it feel like a celebration. They just yeah. felt like a sort of like oh here you go, you guys on the street, sort of like banging at the You'd windows, be like bugging right, us enough. Like yeah, just like stop bothering us. Like we've finally given you Ape Escape on a PS5 or something. Nah, nah. Um, but yeah, I'm not I'm not worried. I think it's very effective what they're doing. I mean, like look at the sales for Horizon for God of War. Like they are doing very well. I um, I do think that in terms of the game direction. Every single character is now a, an, an archer. Everyone is just a bow person. Yeah. And that gets quite boring. Like Ellie is Aloy, is Jin Sakai. Um, and they, they have like obviously variations in the melee, but they're all bow characters. And so like, yeah, and obviously Kratos is a bit of an outlier, but I want more like gameplay variety. Like I want the yeah. first person shooter or whatever, something new. Um, like Spidey stands out, but it's like more games with traversal, experimental traversal. Yep. Even that was based on the original Spider-Man 2. Um, so there's things like that. I, I think it's very safe what they're doing, but the, yeah. the, the level they're at, it, almost, it does make sense. It's just a bit boring. Well, I mean, it's like you're basically looking at making franchises now that are they can spin into their own TV series or movie series. Yeah. With the success of The Last of Us, they're going to look at every single property going forward and saying, can we make this into something bigger? And it would be very interesting to look at Sony in maybe 10 years' time as being a, a movie producer over a video game producer. Like, they well, make they games I mean, to turn into movies studios. rather... Yeah, they, they do that to make uh, video games into movies rather than just mm. have them as a standalone piece of art, as it were. Mm. And that unfortunately probably means 
means that we're going to be moving towards the more action centric, um, re- like gritty story heroes. Like we're going to get the same feel of games, even if the stories <laughs> are slightly differently. And it might be that we look at Sony as being the new Ubisoft. They make the Sony oh, game, God. as in it's like a big budget tentpole game with all the edges shaved off and it is just clean cut, ready to go and turned into, be able to turn into a TV franchise or a, um, a well, movie franchise. I mean, a lot of, like, for me, a lot of Sony's first-party identity has become The Last of Us. Like, God of War's reboot was very Last Last of Us. Like, mm-hmm. if you sort of think of it yeah, as, like, yeah, the yeah. idea of, like, twin protagonists, lots of conversations, lots of slow walking, um, a more somber, mature tone. Like, that just is their thing now. That's kind of just what they do. Um, and that's fine. Like, it's not that I don't love those things, but I think that, like you said, with um, The Last of Us TV show, that had ludicrous effect on the sales of The Last of Us Part 1 and 2. Yes. They were up, like, 400, 500% or something. Which is crazy, so, isn't it? Which, again, like, yeah, makes sense, but, like, it's again to me that's just boring but like of course that's going to have a knock-on effect and someone like jim ryan's going to go we need a tv show for every single one of these games because it boosts everything else if it's done well but that means that then going forward like applying for those video game budgets applying and pitching stuff like that they're going to look at it and be like well what can we turn into this like no one's going to want to play your amazing um sim management game no matter Hmm. how good it is no one's going to want to uh watch your um uh story of a uh robot rebuilding itself over things because Hmm. it's it's a game not a movie you are you're making and it's going to be and that's going to be really hard because we might end up with just like I mean, the Uncharted movie weren't great. It weren't great there at all. <laughs> I enjoyed um, it, but it wasn't bad. It wasn't like it wasn't, wasn't well made. I just had a lot of fun with it. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Before we go any further, I want to talk to you about today's sponsor, Masterclass. With the amount of time we spend discussing and analyzing video games on this channel, it's always good to understand exactly how these experiences are put together. And fortunately for me, I can do just that with Masterclass. With Masterclass's streaming service, you can learn from the best to become your best, studying and growing with over 200 plus of the world's leading instructors. For me, I've been having a blast using a class on video game design by The Sims creator Will Wright to find out exactly how game mechanics are designed around player psychology as well as learning how important playtesting is to shipping the titles that you and I both love. But it hasn't stopped there, as I've also been brushing up on my practical filmmaking skills directly from my favourite movie director Martin Scorsese, as well as trying to get back in the cooking game with Roy Choi's amazing course on intuitive cooking. Seriously, my kitchen is a mess, but my belly has never been more grateful. 
For just $10 a month, an annual membership with Masterclass gets you unlimited access to courses on your phone, computer, smart TV, or even via audio-only modes. Even better, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, and 88% of members feel that the service has made a positive impact on their lives. And to put the cherry on top of that cake, right now, What Culture Gaming listeners get an additional 15% off any annual membership at masterclass.com forward slash gaming. That's 15% off at masterclass.com slash gaming. What's that? You want it one more time? Well, that's the URL masterclass.com forward slash gaming. Right, now I'm going to watch Tony Hawk try to teach me how to ollie properly. I'll see you all soon. But you're just going to have that sort of like popcorn video yeah. game it's just empty it's just ticking all the numbers it goes what it tells what demographics have told them they want to see and we mm. might end up with consumer focused video games which oh that's a risky maneuver because the AAA market needs creativity right now yeah that's the never. thing like we we uh, we grew up like across the eras where creativity was like maxed out where you had different genres every other week yeah. like the, the PlayStation 2 era the 360 era like I think for me my biggest criticism of them is, is how safe everything is even though I absolutely get why it has to be for the, yeah. the amount of money riding on all those things um, but I guess we'll see for me their biggest issue is, is gameplay crossover that like nearly mm-hmm. everything plays the same and um, they're all third person like you know open world loot like they've got a loot components crafting components things like that so like yeah I kind of want them to diversify that stuff um, a question from Neil who says which Yakuza game should I start with ideally the best one um, I don't know if you've played the, um, Like a Dragon slash Yakuza games Jules I played uh, is it Kiwami yeah Kiwami's the remake yep, of yeah, that's, the one. that's the one I've played and I thought okay. that, that was absolutely brilliant I have to put my hand on heart though I didn't get to finish it I was right. just very busy with other stuff and it was one of the things where I had to delete a game and it came to be that but I have heard that it is amazing they uh, are huge I mean it's one of my favourite franchises each one is they're all huge they're all like 70 hours long yeah, um, yeah. my first one um, was actually I played the Yakuza 1 back in the day my first one that I got through was Yakuza 3 um, I know that they're trying to make the it was always called Like a Dragon over in Japan and they're trying to make that the term over in the west I think because I've yes. grown up with Yakuza I keep defaulting to that that's definitely what it's known <laughs> as over here um, but yeah, I would just recommend, and this is a weird recommendation, um, it's either Yakuza 0, because that's set in the 80s, it's set before everything, and you right. get to have this sort of like lush, like neon-kissed, funky version of Japan, um, just with like great characters, really flashes out um, Kazuma Kiryu and uh, Majima Goro, like his uh, nemesis, um, where they came from kind of thing. Um, that one's phenomenal. Um, I don't love the way that it plays combat-wise, because as the franchise went on, they got so much better with the combat. So Yeah, I've I heard it's a bit clunky, say, that original Yeah, uh, like I, I think that um, Zero's like got one of the best stories. It's so well-written, and it's really, really fun. Um, it's just good. They're all really good as like life sims, because you just enjoy slices of like uh, Japanese mm-hmm. life kind of thing, or um, things to interact with. I would say, though, um, the side series, Judgment and um, uh, Lost Judgment, the sequel, they're both phenomenal. They're both absolutely phenomenal. It's what just do they focus not- on? Um, well, so they they have they refined the combat. They brought in like the um, it's like built on the newer engine. Um, and like they oh, have, so it's, like, it's the same protagonist, but just like a side story for them, is it? No, it's a different dude. Um, I'm actually blanking on his name, but it's like it's a dude who's like a private detective. It's still set in some oh, of the same okay. areas um, as the Yakuza series, but it's like you're just sort of investigating different crimes and seeing what's going on. And they cross it. You're like an ex Yakuza member, so it crosses over with that stuff. That's cool. Um, and you kind of get back into like a life of crime. You have to go to, like certain old contacts, and there there are some like cameos and stuff, but not many. 
but would that be the best place to start from then? Because I'm assuming that if it's a side story, that it would have references to other Yakuza games that you'd be like, I don't know who that character is. Well, or... that's the thing. Like, that's my twin recommendation. Like, it's like, if you want to go straight mainline stuff, it's Yakuza 0. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I love the Judgment series. And it's not it's not really that tied. to. It's only tied in terms of the locations. Like, it's, um, it's one of those things where you can just enjoy those stories. And like, Judgment and Lost Judgment have brilliant stories. Like, they're so well written. Which was the one that introduced the turn-based combat system? That's seven. That was when they brought across... They started trying to brand it. It was like Yakuza colon like yeah, a dragon. Yeah, like a dragon. Because um, yeah. they want to try and like... I've heard that that one is insanely good. Like in terms yes. of like getting to play that. And they do package it in a way that's quite easy to catch up to speed. Because obviously you're playing a character who's just been released from prison after years mm-hmm. of being inside. So it's a case of they catch him up as quickly as they do the audience. I believe mm-hmm. that's what it is. Anyway. Yeah, well, so the seven is lush because it's like... I couldn't get away with the combat that much basically they just took the idea of like brawler combat and then just put like timers on everything so it is turn-based but you're just sort right. of like activating the move that you would have just pushed a button for in the early, early ah, other games. right okay so they also took that as an excuse to put in loads of like summon animations and really over-the-top stuff like someone throwing lobsters at people or summoning like a bunch of homeless people or <laughs> I mean, whatever it, it is it does sound good <laughs> it's great i mean like it, it's so funny and like the whole thing like you play this dude called uh, ichiban kazuga who's like a huge like dragon quest fan so right. they they play it off that he imagines combat like dragon quest and oh, he talks about that's dragon really quest cool like yeah like he, he says he's a huge rpg fan and dragon quest fan like when in the game and so he like literally that's why that stuff is like that um and so and i guess it like, kind of works for his fish out of water he's been inside for so long that he yes. literally is a relic in the video game sphere because he's playing old tropes <laughs> yeah and like he's got like big like stupid hair and everything he's a really really fun character yeah um and the, so you've kind of got like yakuza 7 is again it's extremely well written i personally just couldn't get on board with the combat um because i just wanted to brawl i wanted to like fight normally and i thought for turn-based stuff basically it has this weird thing where you'll dial in like okay i want to punch this dude who's like in front of me and but all the npc animations around you in the city are still happening so if someone walks in front of you your character will just stop and then you'll just lose your turn wait what yeah and i just was like i don't know if (laughs) that's actually quite funny (laughs) but i like i just hate that i'm gonna hit and then just stop like i just have to wait for some old grandma (laughs) passing by with her shopping or something like um yeah stuff like that where i was just like oh my god not only have you made it turn-based for a for a system that worked very well um, but you've kind of stuff gets in the way of that so <laughs> I like I played about 15 hours of it or something and then I was like I'm just not enjoying losing my turns okay so, so maybe yeah. that's not the introductory one then <laughs> I do know a lot of people who love 7 but yeah mine would be um, Yakuza 0 or Judgment uh, the original okay. Judgment um, Judgment has better combat Yakuza 0 has um, a better overall slice of what the Yakuza franchise is um, but Judgment is very very playable so, awesome. um, so there is that um, question from Jim Donaldson who says everyone seems to love Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild except for me I'm 10 hours in I'm tired of climbing Ubisoft towers to look for shrines amongst the sparse <laughs> landscape what am I missing it's easy enough to ignore map markers in Horizon or The Witcher and I get the same sense of adventure there wow that is uh, I mean there are obviously going to be people who just don't gel with games mm. that everyone else is just telling them that it's 10 out of 10 experiences it's a game that you get out of it what you put in it's mm. a game that uh you have to be content exploring and learning and discovering. And I think that if you just see it as a massive checklist of things to do, to go here, to go and do that, you're kind of missing, not missing the point of what it is, but you're missing Mm. a bit of the experience in the sense of it's about looking at a landscape that's being completely ravaged by war and time and exploring at your own 
pace. Mm-hmm. If you're just going, right, here's the objective markers that I need to get to, and you're beelining for them straight away, all you're going to notice is the amount of time you spend getting to them. If you ignore them and have them as a passive objective that you're basically looking to uh, solve when you reach that area, Mm-hmm. you'll probably have a much greater time. So I would say take the foot off the gas and maybe just enjoy being in the world because there's so much to do, Yes, but only if you're willing to step back and take a look at what is around you. It is a very differently paced open world game. I remember like loving that game as like a reset for just, just a reminder, especially in 2017, of just how itemized all that entire genre had gotten because it doesn't, Breath of the Wild doesn't have a list of everything to do. Like you have like yeah. certain um, places to get to. Like you know you like, where you need to go, but it's just yeah. how you get there. It's just like a vague direction thing. But the, the thing with Breath of the Wild is that like everything interacts with everything else. And it's like you can be like, you know, you can go climb up a tree and get an, and pluck an apple off the branch and then go and then make a fire using your sword to make some like to hit a rock that makes a spark that makes a flame. And then you cook that apple and then that gets you more health back. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's like methods of thinking that are not in other open world games that just let you be that hero on that journey. And then you will stumble upon, like you said, like random things like just really cool um, like art assets. Like, you know, you might notice a dragon flying around during the nighttime if you happen to be yeah. in the right spot and um, or you'll find little enemy encampments and like realizing that um link has more abilities than you realize he does like if you just aim when you're in midair you'll go into slow motion and so like you can do things like that it's just it's a very exploration heavy it has a very different pace like you said um but it's unbelievably rewarding because of that but at the same time you do need to almost school yourself to be like yeah. i'm just going to pick a direction and go and just breathe it in and just interact with everything because there's a whole set of systems there that that all pay off each other they always say that it's not about the destination it's the journey itself yeah. in order to get there and i feel like it is what you make of it as long uh, along the way and mm-hmm. you'll encounter so much sort of random random things that just you weren't expecting like um i remember i was out like looking over an outcrop and I was just like minding my own business, having a look around and just thinking, right, where do I want to go next rather than Mm. where do I need to go? And Mm. I had like a full set of equipment. My kit was all ready to go. And then all of a sudden I spot down in like the bottom left-hand corner, a massive towering figure pushing through the trees. And I'm like, (laughs) oh, right. Okay, well, I was going to go over there and do some more resourcing, but let's go and see what this enemy is. Maybe it's a rare enemy. Maybe it's like worth hunting. Mm. I got down there and it was one of those, is it the golden lionels? Um, Oh God, the things that just kill you. I I got a obliterated <laughs> i was just like ooh, ouch you were i mean things like um the hinox as well like those giant like cyclopses like if you oh, yeah when they just go bing, like, yeah like, they, they sort of like you can they um you know you can aggravate them and stuff but also when they're asleep it's like they'll scratch their belly every now and then and if, if you stand in their palm they'll carry you onto their belly and then you can just steal the gear that you would have to fight them for so anyway. funny so it's loads and loads infinite little things like that um that are just really really cool and like yeah make use of the powers that you have as well because like you can kind of have fun with them like if you um there's like a time stop ability but then the momentum you got the gravity stuff as well haven't you yeah yeah yeah. so there's loads of stuff like that so it's like jump on a crate load it with momentum and then when that thing resumes you'll ping off with the crate and fly (laughs) over half the environment so yeah just i guess it's just experiment with it it's definitely the opposite of an ubisoft game um even though there are obviously towers to find by the way i have to absolutely say that i love it when you ping yourself off on like those big metal crates because it's you can hear the switch just like almost screaming like what are you doing what are you doing like no 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 i've only rented this that's kind of my big thing with um tears of the kingdom is that like they keep showing it from above they keep showing all these like you yeah. know big aerial views and i'm like i don't trust the switch to run that at all i like, just hope that 
they don't cop out and they actually allow you to fly from the ground to the uh, sky kingdom mm. and hopefully like traverse up and down between the clouds because it would suck if basically you uh, went up to like a certain limit in height mm. and then it went through like an animation of you passing through the clouds and it basically just loaded another subtext level at like... the top. I want that freedom to just be able to go up and down whenever I want. Mm. Well, it seems that they've shown um, they've shown a link to, like skydiving down, so like assumedly that'll load they, as you go. But... Yeah, they they have, but it was like not all in one go though. Yeah, you know what I mean. It didn't feel mm. like it was um, one continuous shot almost, did it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. I just I just don't have any faith in a six year old console to run like a twenty twenty three game. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Point. I thought that I thought that they were going to announce the Switch Pro, and then that was going to be basically like come out, and then the Tears of the Kingdom was going to be the launch uh, Same? game for it. Admittedly, it would have annoyed so many people who basically been holding on to this just to like where's the next game because mm. the switch is super successful there's no doubt about that but it's showing its age and we've been fed the oh, oled yeah. version as a kind of stopgap thing but it didn't really improve anything no i think it's weird that the mario movie's out soon uh, in a few weeks and we and don't haven't capitalized mario, with that yeah like game yeah i think it'll be maybe next year i guess it'll be the next mario with the next switch and then that'll just be like the one two do you know what the weird thing is? Is that if they'd held on to um, Bowser's Fury, they could have mm-hmm. um, added that out now with the release of the Mario game and it would have sold absolute gangbusters mm. because there was like there was no real reason to drop it when they did. They could have like held on to that for another mm. year or so and then just popped it out now. Yeah, it, I think this is the longest times that there's been without like a mainline Mario. Like we get lots of Mario sports stuff, but like it's been yeah, ages since there's been... I mean, Odyssey was 2017 with Zelda, so it's like that's coming back That's around. crazy, man. So it's been a while. Six years for those yeah, games. Yeah, I know. Um, but um, next question from Schmanz Schmilliamson who says, Legend. I would like a discourse about you, the Brits, and your squirrel chips. He says to ask Sai about this. Now, I've already... I've DM'd Squirrel Sai chip? This. What? So, so, so Sai tweeted something out where it was a bunch of, like, Walker's crisp flavors years ago. And one right. of them was Cajun squirrel. And, um, and Sai was like, oh, if you, you know, if you were there, you were there. If you remember, you remember. I don't remember there being Cajun squirrel Walker's crisps. I've never even heard of this, man. Like, I've, <laughs> what the heck is this Cajun squirrel flavor? Yeah. It was like a whole thing, and so um, the I'm going to send you the uh, the link on okay. Slack while we record. Okay, um, right. If that loads, yes. So um, okay. so yeah, there was like crispy duck and hoisin. There was builder's breakfast. There was onion bhajee. Oh was a whole yeah, thing. no, no, no. I, I remember I do, the chili I and do. chocolate ones actually. Yeah, because this was um, they put out a big competition, which was like the the public chose these. It was like they did like That's a poll, and then the most popular ones ended up being uh, put into this, and then mm-hmm. the winner of this six bag voting thing would become an official flavor for a while wouldn't it Mm -hmm, and i'm mm -hmm. genuinely confused about half of the ones here so you've got crispy (laughs) duck and hoisin builder's breakfast onion bhaji fish and chips cajun squirrel chili and chocolate now Mm -hmm. chili and chocolate bad bad on a crisp great in terms of an actual thing chili chocolate fantastic but a crunchier version of it no thank you onion (laughs) bhaji Making my mouth water just thinking about it. So yes, that's okay. a winner for me. Builders mm. breakfast. We've already had like tomato sauce flavored crisps, and, and I imagine like seven flavors in one as well. Like yeah, and pints. it's going to be very yeah. confusing. I don't think that's going to work. Uh, the crispy duck and hoisin <laughs> is good, but possibly too sweet for a crisp. You know what I mean? Yeah, I feel like yeah. I feel like a crisp needs to be savory rather than sweet. Mm-hmm. Fish and chips, fantastic one there. Although <laughs> fishy flavored crisps, uh, uh, yeah. uh, I mean, I is that just going to be salt and, and vinegar? Because people are just going to think of that as being like, oh yeah, it's like salt and vinegar 
chips. Well, yeah, I was going to say, like, that's almost the one that feels the easiest one to do. I don't remember which one won. I forgot about the competition thing. Until it wasn't going to be Cajun Squirrel. Definitely <laughs> not. Definitely <laughs> I don't not. think uh, Cajun Squirrel did very well. And um, we should clarify that um, Schmilliamson says our squirrel chips, they were crisps over in the UK. And Got you. walkers yeah. for us are Lay's for most of the rest of the world, especially in America. So, yeah, um, yeah it, would, it would have been Lay's. If, if you guys had Cajun Squirrel Lay's, that's what we're dealing with. The thing is, is that the UK doesn't get that many mad flavors because we've actually Mm. got, and this isn't just to be like condescending, uh, we have like a food standards practice that is much higher than most of the other world. (laughs) What a a flex, am I right? It's like um, most of the stuff that's that's in America, like their um, really heavily saturated uh, crisps and uh, their sweets and stuff like that, Mm. we wouldn't have over here because the FDA is very lax when it comes to what they deem as being acceptable oh, for human consumption. Oh yeah, like it's insane. I <laughs> I urge people for the betterment of their own bodies to take a look at what they're eating the next time and prepare to be <laughs> absolutely aghast. Uh, Shulimson also says, can we get some Big Light Squad and Mood Light Vibe merch? And then says, hope everyone's well. <laughs> i tell you what, we'll, um, we'll, we'll get um, uh, PG Quips, uh, who loves making the absolute best memes for the all of our UBPs. Get them to make us the Big Light Vibes and uh, Squad <laughs> stuff, because I tell you what, that is that is gold. That is gold right there. We will see, yeah, we, we will see what we can do, because if we had anything more official, uh, I'd want to make sure that they were getting uh, adequately oh, compensated. You know what we should do is we Go should on. get one of those heat changing mugs right so that when the um uh it's got no liquid in it Mm. says like uh, ambient light on it and then Mm. when you put the uh hot water in it says big light on like it like it transforms (laughs) into it that has to exist the amount of people that have embraced the ambient life ambient light life that i'm now part of you'd think someone else would have like capitalized on that by now (laughs) Um, I would totally get like an ambient purpley blue mug. My, my favorite um, thing is that if you go onto like Instagram or TikTok, you'll see loads of people trying to create um, this stormy cloud sequence using LED strip lighting. Okay. So, you know, you can get like ambient light like we've got where it obviously like reacts to color or sound or whatever. You can get ones that basically just go like on a pulsing mechanic and just mm-hmm. like filter through. So what people have been doing is sticking them onto their uh, ceilings mm-hmm. and then sticking cotton wool or cotton wool buds to it so that when the light passes through, it looks like a, like a stormy cloud. It's okay. a great idea in principle mm. until somebody pointed out it's like the top comment on one of the ones I remember, which is like, yeah, imagine the amount of spiders that are going to move into that uh. in a couple of... And I was like, that is terrifying. No, thank you. No, no, no. No, no, no. I always get, yeah, I always get freaked out when it's like a skylight where you can see the shadows of like a bug resting inside it, mm. especially when I've been... I remember I was in Spain and there was a cockroach sitting inside a light oh, and I was gross. just like, this is... I'm just going to live with this now. It's just in the room. Um, next question from TJ who says if Nintendo were to release the complete Nintendo main series games on Switch from Red and Blue to Scarlet and Violet as one unit not remakes just the originals with the ability to trade your Pokemon forward how much would they charge? So basically what you're looking for is a Pokemon legacy game that allows you to just keep like pushing forward 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 that Mm -hmm. would it, oh, ugh, I wouldn't even be able to put a figure on how much a Nintendo would charge because mm. they're not exactly known for ever wanting to cut the costs of their first party games and the ability to put all of them in one. The, the thing is, they wouldn't. They wouldn't let you put it all in one because of the fact that to them, they'd be like, well, I'll tell you what, if we just add a legacy feature to mm. old games and count this as a remaster, will we release them all for their full price? You know what I mean? We'll I just do that like- again. 
with this, if they did, you know, they got the Nintendo Switch Online service. I feel like they could do a whole. There's like the expansion pack that gets you N64 stuff. They yep. could do. And I don't want them to do this. They could do a whole separate Pokemon tier, and um, that gets you a different Pokemon game every month with oh everything God, else because yeah. they have yeah, so yeah. many to choose from. Oh um, my God. And people, idiots like me, would pay. I would absolutely pay for that. <laughs> but how much would you pay for it? Um, oh, like an extra five or a month, maybe. I don't know. How, I forget how much. Double that, and add, double that and add five, mate. Fifteen quid Possibly. a month is what they'll probably they'll charge you. That's the thing. It's like how much would they? How much would you pay to get access to like Pokemon Yellow again? I don't know if you were ever a Pokemon fan, but I like. Oh, I, I was a Gen been... One fanboy, man. Yes, I tapped same. out with um, Pokemon Gold. Mm-hmm. Um, was probably the last game that I played, but. I have to admit, Pokemon Yellow was one that did pass me by because I'd already like mass completed Red and Blue, and I just didn't get involved with Yellow. I saved my money mm. up for the next one that came out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mine. I was always Gen One for life, and then didn't care about anything in between. Then when Pokemon Go came out, I was like, "Oh my god, I used to love this!" And then I've just yeah. been back on it since. You, then. you got Pokemon um, Eevee, didn't you as well? Yes, I got. Yeah, yeah, I got the Eevee one. Um, I remember. Like, yeah, because it was like that idea of Eevee can uh, become more different things. Yeah. Even though in yeah. my heart I knew I should have got Pikachu, and as soon as I started playing, I was like, I've made a mistake. But I've always <laughs> spent the money, um, so I was just like, I'm just stuck with it at this point. Final question from PG Quips himself, who says, "What's up, wonderful people? I have a prediction and a hope for 2023, and that is a Kingdom Come Deliverance two getting announced. Also, um, question for Scott: and <laughs> What's the plan for Japan? Is it Mario Kart racing around Tokyo? I oh, forgot they do did it. that. You can do a live action Mario Kart thing now where you just get you just get high apparently all the people who live there absolutely hate it because it's the most touristy yeah. 101 thing. Is isn't um, it just basically like a tour around the city but as Mario Kart characters or is so. it an actual like like licensed track you can go around blitz no, it no, over it's, because it's, I was going to say the dangers inherent in just racing around Tokyo streets is probably not the smartest. Well, part. I think that's why they, they hate it because it's literally like yeah, it's it's in amongst Tokyo and I think there are they take up some of the um some of the sidewalks and whatever else like right. just, or some of the specific road path so it, it it's held up traffic before and that's one of the things to avoid apparently if you're going over right there. okay um because uh yeah i mean i'm doing um so i'm going to japan i've got we've got one more ubp next week and then i'm mm-hmm. in japan for like two and a half weeks um so as long as i'm not in jet fact, lives, we'll be able to record in person next week I because know. um that's gonna be nice isn't it because i'm yeah. actually showing up to newcastle next week to do that so we'll record it early so yep, we've yep, got yep. that then and then you can go off on your little merry holidays yeah so uh, so my, yeah I, we have a stupid amount of stuff planned for japan i'm not going to reel all of it off um, but I'm going to Tokyo, Kyoto and Osaka um, so if anyone wants to reach out with um, recommendations um, we've just got stuff every single day it's like a dream holiday we've been waiting since before the like it was just yeah, the I beginning know, of the man. pandemic when I got delayed yeah. so uh, I'm really looking forward to it um, so it should be awesome in terms of Kingdom Come Deliverance I feel like that game is like one of the like cult classics like recent cult mm-hmm. classics um, I initially didn't really like it I don't know if you did you play any of it I played a little bit of it. Uh, you bounced off it quite hard, but I remember mm. it getting a lot of patches and updates, and then it came mm. back and was actually a very strong contender for kind of what a stopgap between um, Two Worlds and like the new Oblivion or Skyrim mm. would have been, that sort of like freeform approach to medieval life. And mm-hmm. it, it did look very engaging in some of the places. I really enjoyed the fact that you could just get as, like, mo- um, what's it called? Uh, you could get as involved... Mm. with like minuscule tasks and just living the peasant life as it were or you could go out (laughs) and grand quest which was pretty cool that was the thing yeah because i remember like i initially hated how overly realistic it was where to the point where 
And like it was one of those things where like fall damage was terrible because it is like a first yeah. person medieval yeah. game where you're just living the life of this dude. It's really, really well acted and the story is brilliant. Um, I remember the animation and everything being great, but like I remember just like stepping down off like a step and then and it was like, you broke, you broke your leg. And I was yeah. like, oh, have I? And then it was like, well, you need to you need to walk all the way back around this village to try and find the guy that can give you a new leg. And yeah. I just remember being like, I just hate this. I'm walking like <laughs> one step every minute. And so it was things like that. But like um, getting past that and going and hunting, like hunting's really rewarding because it's very methodical mm-hmm. and the combat's really good. Um, yeah, if they did a follow-up and they sort of like, I don't know, found ways around some of the really egregious time-wasty stuff or the, the time-afflicting stuff, maybe that yeah. would be a way to make it work. Ha- have we like bypassed the need for it though? Because it's like, I was mm. talking about um, Beyond Good and Evil 2 the other day where we have waited so long for this game that we've actually missed out on a generation of gamers who actually even know what the original oh, totally. is. So yeah. by the time that it comes out, if it ever comes out, which it won't, um, they just won't <laughs> have a clue what it is and it'll probably sell poorly. And mm. I wonder if the Kingdom Come Deliverance fan base is as strong today as it probably was maybe like five years ago. I feel mm. like they, they should have capitalised on a sequel as soon as possible rather than... Mm. And it's got that cult classic status now, but mm-hmm. that cult classic status doesn't usually generate a ton of income. It's like no, it's literally no. diehard fans over mm-hmm. mass popular acclaim. That's obviously that is the, the big pitfall that like Beyond Good and Evil 2 is literally in as well. The assumption that like all oh, the, the masses will flock towards this because everyone has they a They didn't in the first time. They, yeah, but they didn't the first time around. No. So it's like, like it, history repeats itself in that sense. Mm-hmm. Plus, like, yeah, I think like it, I guess it'd be curious what um, Elder Scrolls 6 comes out as or Avowed comes out as because we've mm. not had like a first person medieval game in a while or like a first person sort of fantasy game in a while. Um, and it, it, Skyrim is such a dominates so much that hardly anyone tries to get in on it. It's weird, isn't it? Because it feels like it almost came out and killed its own genre because it's like <laughs> you can do so much in Skyrim and it was so beloved and so popular and mm. on so many different consoles with so many different remasters and reversions of it, like revisions of it. It's like, mm. what can you do that yeah. Skyrim hasn't already done? It's the Simpsons did it sort of like Kinda, video it game. It was just like doubling down on the, the realism stuff, but then to the point where, like you said, you're breaking, you're getting insane wounds because you had a random fight with a bandit or you're breaking a leg because yeah. you tried to explore. Like at some point it gets in its own way trying to be too realistic. Yeah. Um, so it's a it's a fine line. Um, but yeah, we'll see how the rest of the year plays out. For now, this has been the Untitled Banter podcast, the UBP, the UBP. UBP, the UBP. The UBP. Ivan Scott Taylor, that's been Jules Gill. I have indeed. And yes, you can go get the call to to questions questions. next Thursday when I will be putting out a uh, post on Instagram and Scott will be putting out one on Twitter and you can come check out our respective uh, social media handles. I am at RetroJ over on Instagram but the O is a zero and Scott is slash LP89 over on Twitter. Check it out next Thursday for the call to questions and you could have your questions answered by us. Beautiful. We will also tweet if we end up doing the recording earlier because we've got so probably much look stuff out for Wednesday. I'd say look out for Wednesday in <laughs> next week. <laughs> but it's cool because you guys have already sent in so many questions on past weeks, months, almost over a year now. And um, so we'll uh, we will revisit the take trough if we need to, and we'll put something together. But for now, Hell yeah. UBP, 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 and we'll catch you next week. Bye. Hi. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.